Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of It's Worth Living. Just wanted to thank all of our guests for um, tuning in. We know that without you, um, this podcast would not be possible. Um, tonight, um, we have a, um, an important and a great um, um, episode. And, and um, we know that um, in this life, in this walk, uh, we all go through different challenges. Um, and sometimes these challenges can uh, either be short-term or long-term. Um, but even when we're going through different situations and we're going through things um, that are out of our, um, uh, out of how we deal with it or, or, or unexpected, we still have to live. We still have to find a way to push through and pull through. And um, tonight's episode um, is entitled, um, It's Worth Living Even with MS. It's worth living even with MS. And um, tonight, this, on this episode, we have, we have two great um, guests, uh, Ms. Jenna Green, uh, Mr. Jamie Kalasar, um, two um, individuals um, not only are living and living with a purpose, but also living with MS mm-hmm. and finding a purpose and sharing it with others. Um, the screen, Mr. Kalasar, we, we, we thank you so much for joining us. Um, and we want to just, um, again, thank you for just taking the time to open your heart and um, inviting all of us into your life and sharing that testimony in your journey. And um, I know oftentimes it's not always easy, but we know that, um, it's a blessing when other people are able to hear, and um, especially those that are also um, suffering and dealing with MS, um, not necessarily knowing what to do, who to turn to, um, uh, what are the what supports are out there outside of going to the doctor and hearing, you know, either progress or whatever you know um, is shared. Um, but just wanted to uh, just thank you both for using your platform, using your voice. Um, because it's important. It's really important. And so Ms. Green and Ms. Kalasar, thank you again. And um, just wanted you to both share with us a little about who you are. Um, um, what is your journey? And um, how are you currently um, living? And how are you on your journey living with MS? And how is that going? Uh, well, it's a pleasure to be here with you both, well, with all of you. Thank you all so much for having us um, and for facilitating this important conversation. Um, so I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, which we call MS, um, in early 2016. Um, MS is an autoimmune disease, and um, I would say that there are a million similarities between people with all different types of autoimmune diseases and chronic illnesses. So even if you or someone you love isn't living with MS, um, hopefully us sharing our stories and our experiences can can help you as well because 
Um, there are nearly a million people in the United States living with MS, and it, it's primarily an invisible illness, as are most um, disabilities in the United States. They're mostly invisible. Like, you wouldn't know when you met me that I have multiple sclerosis. Um, it is an invisible disease that's attacking my entire nervous system. Um, and I was very healthy when I was diagnosed. I was physically probably in the best shape of my life up until um, my, my first very serious flare up as they call it, which led to my diagnosis. Of course, that wasn't actually my first flare up, but there were things that I had brushed off in the past or doctors had said, well, I was in a car accident, so I had some numbness and tingling and um, issues with my legs, but they were like, oh, well, that's because you, you were in an accident, right? Well, no, that's actually probably because I had MS, but um, I was very privileged to be diagnosed rather quickly um, because I, I live outside of Boston and we have great hospitals and, and world-class doctors, um, although I did experience um, you know, one doctor in an emergency room kind of um, dismissing me and telling me to go home and saying, well, you just have vertigo, go home. And I had optic neuritis, which is a very clear, um, different issue than vertigo. Um, but it does, it does make you rather dizzy. <laughs> but, um, you know, I had to really start then to be my own best advocate. And I had to make my own appointment at the neurology department at the Beth Israel. And, um, you know, they looked at me immediately and their faces, I could tell this, this was something serious. Um, and then, of course, when I was diagnosed um, by my MS specialist, we spent hours um, discussing the different disease modifying therapies. Um, there's no cure yet for MS, but there are over 20 different disease modifying therapies that are designed to slow the progression of your MS. So um, I worked with my doctor and we decided on what we thought would be the best course of treatment for me. And then, uh, of course, the day I was supposed to go for my first treatment, which is administered by infusion, the nurse called me and said that my health insurance had denied it and said I had to fail on a older and statistically less effective medication before I could possibly have the one that my world-renowned neurologist prescribed for me. And failure on an MS disease-modifying therapy is... Um, brain or spinal damage, um, lesions, uh, increased disability, uh, steroids, hospital visits, um, rehab, like loss of function, loss of cognitive function, loss time off work, like pain, a lot of serious things. So I said, no. <laughs> um, I said, that's not going to work for me. Uh, actually, I don't think you people understand what's, who you're messing with here, right? And I was young and stupid, and I don't recommend this, but I, um, I went to my infusion anyway, and I was able to work with my doctor's office and with their help appeal the decision, but I have been speaking up about living with multiple sclerosis ever since and talking about um, the need for changes in healthcare policy, not just for people with MS, but for people with all different types of chronic illness. And, um, you know, really talking about why it's important to be your own best advocate and how we have to put patients first in our healthcare system and in our policies. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jenna uh, covered a whole lot of, um, ground there and in regard to a lot of things that I was going to say um, in the 
the hospital's quick dismissal of you when you say that something is wrong with yourself, right? So obviously, as Jenna said, the first thing is you have vertigo. Um, or for me, it was a pinched nerve until a friend of mine who's also a doctor and asked me which fingers are tingling. And I proceeded to tell him it's my you know, middle finger, uh, I don't know what they call this finger and the pinky finger, right? Yeah. So he said a pinched nerve doesn't affect those fingers. He said pinched mm -hmm. nerves usually affect the thumb and the index finger. And he said, you need to go get an MRI. As soon as I went and did the MRI, that's when they discovered the lesions on my spine. And so as Jenna was saying is that, you know, unless you have a doctor that shows general interest and care, which all doctors should, mm -hmm. right? They're quick to dismiss you and send you home. And thank God for that friend that said, you know, you need to go check that out because that's not a pinched nerve. It will affect a different part of your body. And the way that the pain started going down into my foot, I started losing balance. And so I was diagnosed with MS, relapsing, remitting MS in 2019. And just like Jenna, I believe I had flare-ups before, but it was always dismissed until this one just became... Um, it became difficult for me to walk. Like I remember the day I was walking with my children and my wife in the mall and I could not keep up with them. Like, like I'm limping as I'm trying to keep up with them. And so my doctor you need to hospital because we see these lesions on your spine and we have to do something immediately. So <clears throat> as you go, uh, start starting with uh, with Jenna. What what exactly made you feel okay? I know talking for yourself is you know is definitely um, a good thing. But what made you say okay? You know what? I have to talk to for everybody who speak who feels that way. I mean, what exactly push you? Because a lot of people don't mind talking for themselves and they'll step up and get it going. But as far as representing a large group of people, what makes you feel like that that is a thing that you should do or you have to do? Well, I guess it never really, um, I never really questioned it because I knew I was privileged. I, I'm a white woman with access to world-renowned doctors, excellent health insurance. Um, I've been working for myself since um, far before my MS diagnosis. So I don't have an employer that I need to worry about disclosing to. Um, I have very supportive family and friends and my background is in marketing and social media marketing. So I knew I had um, a platform to speak on. Mm -hmm. And I knew that as difficult as it was for me to navigate the healthcare system, the dismissal of the doctors uh, by the doctors, right? The, the the doctors that weren't taking me seriously um, for years and, and needing to get my own uh, neurologist appointment and you know all of the things that I was struggling with and the appeals process, I, I knew that I was still very healthy and privileged and there will come a day and a time where I probably can't do this work that where, where maybe I won't be able to speak up about it. Maybe I won't have the time or the energy to dedicate to it. And I had a lot more energy like six years ago than I do some days now. I mean, it just kind of depends, but 
I just knew that if this was happening to me, this was happening to so many other people and I couldn't be quiet about it um, for that reason, because I know that it, I, I have that privilege. I have so much privilege that people do take me seriously, that you know, people do believe, it, even many doctors, unfortunately, still believe that MS is primarily like an old white woman's disease. And that's simply not true. Um, and there are many statistics about that. Um, obviously, I don't need to go into all the science behind it, um, but Dr. Mitzi Williams, who's an amazing MS neurologist and specialist, talks more about um, the healthcare disparities within the MS community. But for me, it was just, I thought, wow, if this is so hard for me, I can't even imagine how much harder it must be for other people that don't have access to the resources that I have. And um, so, so it just, it started there and then it, it kind of just snowballed in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Mind if I jump in real quick? Please. So as Jenna said, um, you know, the same thing with me, the difference is MS was always, well, I would say MS was known as a white woman's disease, right? It wasn't known as a black person's disease or a black man's disease. I mean, even men, right? They don't even talk about the amounts of men that have MS. And so, you know, in contrast to what Jenna was saying, but in agreement with that, oftentimes there are a lot of black people who go with this, walk around with this disease undiagnosed right, who don't have somebody speaking up for them. So my voice is just to bring another perspective to the table in collaboration with what Jenna is saying, and that to say like, look, you're not immune getting MS. And the other thing too is right, like nobody knows how you get MS, but I would say that my MS was triggered by stress, that I was under a lot of stress. Cause like when Jenna said earlier, that she was healthy. I was in good health. I mean, I was doing everything. I think my vitamin D levels were low, but I know that stress induced and shut down my immune system, which led me um, to this diagnosis. So the same way Jenna is advocating, it's the same way that I feel impressed to advocate to say, hey, let's pay attention to ourselves and pay attention to our health and don't be afraid to ask your doctor questions or to get you know, to push when your doctor wants to send you home, say no. I, I want an MRI. Say no. <laughs> I was actually going to ask you that because I know you, Theo, and a couple other people are some of the best preachers I've ever listened to. That, that's for sure. Since go, go back to AUC. But the thing is, um, I was going to ask since you do have a platform and you do, you do talk to quite a few people, uh, you know, every time you get the mic, do you feel impressed? to actually talk about it or is it still a personal thing? Cause I know not everybody's open to, you know, to talk about it or ready to talk about it when it happens. So I'm glad to hear that you do uh, stand up and, and say, I do have another question, but I'll let Edson ask one. The one question that I had um, was to the both of you, um, Jen and Jamie, the diagnosis, it's always a scary thing, right? Waiting for the results. That's always scary. I mean, that's one of the worst. I, you know, just from my experience, just waiting. And so once the diagnosis came back and it was shared with you that it was, it is MS, what was going on through your mind? Because again, both of you um, are 
two individuals that uh, you know are working, you have things going for yourselves, uh, um, you're progressing in life, and all of a sudden, boom, you're hit with this. What comes to mind? You know, I know we have the support, yeah, but personally, with the both of you, what happened? What kicked into your mind when you heard, or hit your mind when you heard from the doctor, this is what it was? And what was your reaction? For me, really, it was shock. And um, I, as much as every sign and signal pointed to it being MS, um, I think I was very much in shock until the doctor said it. And even when he did say it, I was still very much in shock and it took me a long time to process. And even as I was speaking about it and speaking about the issues I was having with the healthcare system, I wasn't ready right away to share all of the things that was that were going on with my MS. Um, and obviously MS is, um, it can progress. Um, I do have relapse remitting MS, same as Jamie. And so I've had some progression in my disease and some new symptoms and things. Um, but when I did start to share more about the day-to-day -day issues is when um, I realized that I wasn't alone and that sharing those things was really therapeutic for me, but it was also helping a lot of other people. And I got a lot of messages saying like, wow, I've been living with MS for years and I didn't know that, you know, anyone else felt this way, or this has been so helpful for me. So it, it really went from some shock to, to finding some community. And, um, you know, that kind of helps keep me going. And, it, and especially at first, it really, it really helped um, me a lot personally. Okay. Uh, for me, for me, I had no idea what MS was. <laughs> like, I didn't know what it was when the doctor told me that I had it. And then I thought it was Parkinson's. So, you know, your brain, immediately my brain, let me just say, my brain immediately went to, I'm going to be crippled, handicapped, lose my eyesight, and I won't be there for my family. Mm. So it brought an awareness to me. And then also with that awareness of genocide, when I started talking about it, it also brought me a community. And I think what Jenna was saying earlier is so important for all of us is that MS doesn't have a look, right? And you wouldn't know I have it unless I say something to you. And so that first initial diagnosis was a state of shock. But then I had to resolve in myself that I'm not going to let MS own me. I'm going to own it. Right. And I'm going to start practicing, you know, my health in the best way, taking care of myself mentally and, you know, and just removing myself from toxic situations and toxic people and toxic things and just enjoying that freedom. So it brought a knowledge and awareness, but it was scary at first. So I was like, what, what is multiple sclerosis? And, you know, all this stuff Then you start hitting Google, you start looking at, you know, all of the negative stuff and, Oh, it was, Google. Yeah. <laughs> We've all been there with the Google. It's never good. Google has killed me off many times, but I am, <laughs> I am fine. And you know, it, those brochures they give you when you're diagnosed too are terrible. And they're all old white women. And at least I was like 31 and I could, you know, possibly imagine myself being an old white woman, but I mean, that's part of the problem is that the, the advertisements are, are so 
one-sided and the awareness needs to be more diverse. And that's why, that's why we do what we do, right? Yeah. So um, as you guys move forward with, with, this, uh, with this illness, what is your goal really? I mean, on both sides, what is your goal? In you know uh, both achievements and you know awareness for others who are somewhat uh, feeling lonely in this in this path. Well, my goal in general is to help anyone living with a chronic illness live their best life and help them to determine what that means to them. Because that's the one thing that I will say about my MS diagnosis, and it certainly took me a while to get here, but it has helped me to reevaluate my life is what Jamie was saying, cutting out toxic people, cutting out stress, prioritizing things that I love and people that I like to be around and um, prioritizing my own health and wellness. Um, that's been a critical part of my journey. And I want to help other people with chronic illness learn how to do that so that they can also live their best lives. Um, and become their own best advocates and feel empowered to understand that they are the CEO of their own healthcare team. And if one of their doctors is not listening to them, they can fire that doctor and find a new one. And I realize that that's easier said than done, especially living in a city where we have so many great doctors, but um, it is possible to have a healthcare team that supports you and listens to you and values you. So that would be my number one um, priority and, and also to change healthcare policy. I work um, as a volunteer with the MS Society um, as a district activist leader, and I'm virtually testifying now, virtually, but before in person and um, working with my legislators to try and change healthcare policies so that it's more inclusive and so that other people don't have to face step therapy and fail first protocols and um, don't have to fear losing their insurance and losing access to their medication because one in four people with their with MS um, can't afford their medication and that's that's unacceptable so for me it's um there's some lofty goals there mm -hmm. thanks for asking <laughs> <laughs> just just a few things I'd like to do that's all okay all right sounds good and those are great things. And I'm willing to support you in any way, um, shape or fashion that you need help. And how can I volunteer? But her goals are my goals as well, um, to bring awareness about MS, particularly in the African-American community. Also to promote and advocate for, you know, people to be able to afford their medication, but also to advocate for the fact that we need to look at the fact that this is autoimmune. So you can fix a lot of things through changing your diet by eliminating certain things. And through the, I know that my flare-ups, you know, are consistent with dairy and gluten and with um, red meat, right? And so, you know, I removed those things from my diet. So there are those things that you can do. I'm not against medication. I think that medication with, um, alleviating the stress, but also to bring awareness to, you know, not just what we do physically, but also in the mental and that stress that shuts the system. You really have to, and that's not just for people with MS and chronic disease, that's for anyone, mm -hmm. you know, their best life. But as Jenna said, I think that it's important that we advocate um, in the public policy sector, health policy, mm -hmm. and that 
paper that medication is affordable for all people, not just some people, and that S doesn't conquer you, you can conquer it. Um, and to give people a sense of community, awareness, and knowledge of the fact that this is not a death certificate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You have Thank you. And you make it. Amen to that. I, I appreciate you guys coming in. Anything else you wanted to ask, Edson? Because I know uh, we want to, you know, wanted to keep it uh, at a good length, but um, I do appreciate you guys coming over, not, not just because you talk about it, because I have met quite a few people with MS and very few of them have the attitude that you guys have uh, as far as, you know, all, you know, things can work out and let's, you know, let's do something to fix it, not just for me, but for other people. So it's definitely great to see that, uh, that picture and, you know, hopefully those who are listening who are suffering from the same thing can definitely learn something and, you know, if you if the audience can want to reach out and ask any questions, we can definitely uh, create a bridge to reach out to to those who can help the most, and to you know both mentally and physically. That way, we can uh, we can try to see if we can get everybody on the same path. Absolutely, and if there's anyone that wants to volunteer with the MS Society um, as an advocate. You it's as simple as tweeting or writing an email to your legislator. You don't have to be testifying virtually or speaking in public even. Um, you can go to the MS Society's website and under um, get involved, there's an advocacy section where you can sign up for email alerts or text alerts and things like that. And they also have an excellent program called the MS Navigator that can help put you in touch with not only doctors, but um, people that can help you with whatever, whatever you're going through, um, nutritionists, if you're interested in you know, mental health, people, all kinds of um, great support. And that's a free service provided by the MS Society that I highly recommend. Perfect. Awesome. awesome. And the only thing that I would, um, would like to ask, and thank you again for just um, sharing, what would you share to any of our listeners or anyone out there that um, are afraid and um, um, don't necessarily know where to go, what to do, and they're stuck and they think for them that life is over? Um, what would you share with them as far as a sense of hope, a sense of peace um, as they go through this journey with MS? I just simply let them know that it's not, like I said, a debt sentence or a debt certificate. I would encourage them to find community, to talk mm -hmm. to other people. Um, sometimes we suffer in silence by ourselves and our worst critic lives inside of our head. And um, to knowing that there are great people like Jenna out there, and there's so many other great people out there who are living with MS, and who are doing wonderful and great and amazing things. Like when I got MS, I joined a bicycle group and I continued to live my life, right? Like I didn't let it dictate my days ahead. When I first got diagnosed, I was really worried and scared, but then I had to decide that I'm going to live. Uh, you don't have to suffer in silence. Um, it's not a death certificate, it's not the end. It can be the beginning of a great and wonderful life. Um, a change, a shift. Um, number one is, I would say, find a community of other people 
that you can talk to, that you can share with, and that you can learn from. There are like MS clubs and MS groups all over the United States that you can meet other people who have been living with it for longer than I have. I mean, look at how this podcast, and thank you for using your platform for this. Look at how this podcast introduced me to Jenna, right? And Jenna and I are gonna stay in contact with each other. She's had been diagnosed longer than I have, so there's a lot that I can learn from her and a lot of ways that I can support her, but I'm just happy to see how well she's doing and the great work she's doing. So community is everything. You don't have to be alone. Reach out to me. You guys can give my email um, so that if anybody has a question and you can live your best life, a new life, even with MS. Awesome, awesome. Thank you, Jamie. I couldn't agree more. Um, and I borrow this phrase from a, a dear friend of mine who also is um, a black man living with multiple sclerosis. He, his name is Damian Washington and he runs the um, Don't MS with us vlog. Oh, no stress MS. I'm sorry. I'm borrowing this phrase from my dear friend, Damian Washington, who also lives with multiple sclerosis. And he runs the vlog, No Stress MS. Um, and he often says that, you know, I give MS zero stars. I don't recommend it, but the people that I've met because of this disease are all five-star people. And they are the best people that I know. Um, and uh, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, really don't recommend getting MS. It's, it's not fun um, sometimes, but the people that I've connected with, the community, the other advocates, whether they live with an autoimmune disease or chronic illness or disability of a different type, um, these, these are the very best people that I know. And it is scary. And I can't, I, I won't say that I'm not still scared at times because I am, and that's, that's normal. That's part of the human experience. If you're not experiencing those emotions of fear and uncertainty and, um, you know, the negativity that everyone experiences, then you're probably not alive, right? I mean, I know that you guys talk about managing your emotions a lot here on the podcast and um, it's completely normal. You are definitely not alone to be scared or sad or depressed um, when living with a disease like MS, but please hold on to hope. Please reach out. Um, if you don't have a therapist or someone to talk to, I always recommend um, therapy after a diagnosis of this type, but in general, truthfully, um, I think it can be very helpful to have someone to talk to. And um, like Jamie was saying, there are tons of communities out there. Um, Personally, I love Instagram and that's where I've connected with most of my autoimmune chronic illness community members. Um, you can find me on Instagram at the Jenna Green um, or you're welcome to email me at thejennagreen at gmail.com as well. Um, I'm happy to connect with anyone and um, I'm certainly not a therapist, but I, I always make a joke that my friends all live in my phone anyway, um, especially being immune compromised during a pandemic. Um, there's never been more of a true statement that my friends all live in my phone. So um, just know that you're not alone and that there is hope and that um, like with all things, you know, the pendulum swings both ways. We all have our bad days. I still have 
days with MS that are frustrating or moments that are frustrating. And um, I get through them and I hold on to the moments that are joyful and beautiful and um, better than I could have ever imagined. And certainly different, but absolutely um, still beautiful. So um, that that's that's what I hope that people take away from this. And if, if you are scared, please know that, that you certainly, you are not alone and there is some comfort in that, hopefully. Well, thank you, Jenna. Thank you, Jamie, just for your zeal, your hope, um, just being real. Um, as you shared, it's, it's, it's not always easy. There are times where it's scary, but the one thing that you guys have is just that optimistic, um, 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 desire of knowing that, as Jamie mentioned earlier, both of you, is this is not the end. This is not a death sentence. So continue holding on to that. I, I think that, and I, I can share with, you know, Pete, I think you may, you know, um, agree. I think that uh, both Jenna and Jamie not only help those with MS, but also all of us um, in, in, in a sense where um, no matter what happens, this is not the end. You keep pushing forward. And I'd like to just leave this quote that I found in regards to multiple sclerosis. And it said, multiple sclerosis has changed my life, made me cry, caused me to fall, hugged me tight, uh, given me pain, taught me to fight. Yet through it all, I know who I am. I am not my multiple sclerosis. I am beautiful, wonderful me. I am beautiful, wonderful me. And to the both of you, that's who you are. You're beautiful, you're wonderful, and um, continue doing the work that you're doing, not only in your community, but in your families and all the different individuals that you touch. Um, I know that it's not by coincidence that we all are here on this platform tonight, um, on this episode, but it's just even if we're able to reach one person, one life, mm -hmm. that one life, their life has been different and they will move differently in their journey. So thank you both again. Definitely. I couldn't say any better than, <clears throat> better than this. So um, to the audience who are listening, hopefully this came not just as another podcast episode, but as informative as it could get. Uh, and with these connections and information that you received today, hopefully you were able to uh, find uh, the joy and the hope in living a better life. Um, and as usual, we always have to remind everybody, uh, you are remarkably made. I am remarkably made. We are remarkably made. And therefore, it's worth living.